Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo today here for two hours, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88. And plenty to get to today, covering mostly baseball. We will talk some hoops as well, as Mike Florio will join the program. He's from Fantrax. He'll join me at 2.40 p.m. Eastern. And then we got Frank Stample from FNTSY. We'll talk a little basketball and some baseball with him. That's coming up at 3.20 p.m. Eastern. We'll get you some lineups for the slate tonight, coming up in the final segment, as uh, some lineups will be out by then. No day baseball today, so you have some time to set your lineups. And you're going to need that time with a lot of the injuries that have occurred over the weekend and especially all this season. You can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. Got the fantasy baseball recap from the weekend up. We got the uh, look at the week two, week five, two-star pitchers. Obviously, you, it's still useful right now if you're trying to make those decisions, so... Kind of look at who you should start, who you should sit. And if we have some time, we'll go over kind of the strategy there and look at some of those pitchers for the week. Also, we'll look at the 2019 NFL draft from uh, Dr. Roto as well. And uh, plenty to get to here during the show. We'll take a look at some of the waiver wire uh, bids and winning bids from the weekend. And, uh, you know, also, if uh, you guys want to call in, 844-843-6879, man, because ton of injuries, man. And I want to see how bad it is. For some people, there has to be some people out there that have 10, 11, 12 guys on the injured list. I think for me, the most is seven or eight um, because uh, it's it's really bad out there right now. So uh, if you guys have some stories, you need to vent, you need to get it off your chest. Uh, give me a, a call now, 844-843-6879. And, you know, I think that's where we start here today is to me right now. It's frustration in fantasy baseball. And this is coming from someone who's actually doing quite well in most of my leagues, yet I feel very frustrated. You know, right now in the great fantasy baseball invitational, I'm eighth overall and fell to second in my league. I think like a point out of first. Uh, Tout Wars, top five, even though my offense has been terrible, and that's because of a lot of injuries. I think I have five or six guys on the DL. I just got Francisco Lindor back. But I picked up Michael Walker in Fab yesterday, and of course, he went on the injured list just about an hour ago, and it's crazy. That's basically sums up this season in a nutshell, is Michael Walker was coming off a great performance against Milwaukee last week, where he was probably on the bench of many of his owners, including myself, and you're like, okay, it looks like he turned the corner here. He's fine, and we find out he has patellar tendonitis in his knee, and he was placed on the injured list, so... That's the way it's gone right now. But, again, a lot of my leagues are doing well. I'm second in the GDD League. 
first in my home league, GST league, like sixth or seventh, but, you know, right there, bunched up near the top. So for the most part, my teams have done well. Uh, but the NFBC auction, which is obviously very important to me, that's the team that has been hit hardest by injuries. So even though overall it's been very good, I just sense that there's a feeling of frustration there. And you cannot even walk away from Twitter or news feeds without an hour going by and someone else goes down. So it was a very, very frustrating weekend and the injuries continue to mount. And I know a lot of you have this feeling as well, but you have to keep in mind a lot of people are dealing with the same scenarios. And basically what you're trying to do is stay afloat. I mean, I looked at one of my teams and the team is in deep trouble. But what you have, what you do is you just hope to survive the next two to three weeks. And you have to be a little bit more aggressive and fab. And that's where... When we give advice on how much to bid, this is why it's difficult because every situation is different. You have to look at it, and if your team is about to sink, then you have to be aggressive on fat because you got to make sure you stay afloat. You can hold all the injured guys you want, but if you don't tread water here over the next two, three weeks, even a month, by the time you're stashing these players and they come back in June, July, it could be over for you. So you need to make sure that you're aggressive in fab if you have a lot of injuries. And there are other situations where you don't need to be as aggressive. And there were a ton of aggressive bids over the weekend, which we'll get to, and we'll break down those players. But it is a very frustrating time right now. And there's nothing you can do except do your best to put the best lineup out there. And it's going to be difficult. And in some situations, maybe I don't think you're ever done here on April 22nd. But I think a lot of times you know that a team could be in trouble. But you just can't give up because, again, I've been in situations before where it looked bleak and just kept plugging away, plugging away, and eventually made the move towards the top. So I think that's what you need to do at this point. And uh, you know, we'll discuss some of those injuries from the weekend. Uh, obviously, one of the biggest ones is Aaron Judge. I mean, you knew it once you saw him swing in Winston Payne. It looked like... It looked like a variety of things because he was limping, but once you knew that it was an oblique, you kind of figured, okay, it, it makes sense. And it's bad news because right away, you know, they didn't take much time. We talk about teams and their optimism, and they say, yeah, he'll be fine. Right away, the Yankees basically said that this is severe. And what does that mean? You're probably looking at at least six weeks. It could be two months. And not, obviously, the Yankees have just been battered by injuries. It's insane how many injuries they have had, and Aaron Judge is the latest, and uh, that's a huge loss for fantasy teams. And Aaron Judge was someone who I was high on this year. I have him in several leagues, including the great fantasy baseball invitational. He was my first-round pick at number 12, took him in the NFBC auction. So it's a huge loss, and Judge was off to a good start, you know, 288, 404 OBP with 13 runs, five homers, 11 RBIs, and two steals. And he really didn't even get going yet. He didn't even heat up, especially – with that perceived juice ball and, you know, the lineup around him depleted. Now, the strikeout rate was still high at 29.2%, but as usual, the walk rate was over 15%, and he crushes the ball when he hits it. So it's a huge loss for fantasy owners. It's going to be really difficult to overcome that. Uh, what it does do is it buys more time again for Clint Frazier. And, you know, this is another lesson too. And I sometimes fall into the trap. You look at the situation – and you go, well, 
is there going to be enough playing time? Now, the Yankee circumstance is a little bit unusual because we usually don't see that many players get injured all at once. But there are going to be times you look at it and say, yeah, I shouldn't have paid that much for a player because we knew the playing time was going to diminish. But all it takes is an opportunity. And once a player gets that opportunity, and if he hits, he's not going to the bench. You're seeing that with Daniel Volgebach right now. And there might have been some people who were like, "Eh, I don't know if he's going to play that much. How much should I bid? Maybe I'll bid low. Well, he got the opportunity, and he's crushing. And the same thing with Frazier right now, who actually leads the Yankees in RBIs. Who would have thought that? If I would have told you in March on April 22nd, Clint Frazier leads the Yankees in RBIs, you would have said, oh, boy, they're in trouble. Uh, and they're, they are essentially with all those injuries, but they're staying afloat. And they could get Gary Sanchez back this week, and then maybe John Carlos stand after that. Who knows? I haven't seen any timetable yet on Aaron Hicks. But Frazier, six homers, 17 RBIs, batting 339. Now, he's not walking much, but he's shown the ability to take walks, and uh, he's going to stay in the lineup for, for now. And if he continues to hit, he will. And, you know, there were some aggressive spits on him, and other people probably dialed back thinking, you know what, he might not get the opportunity. And it could easily have went the other way, where they have gotten healthy and Judge didn't get hurt, and maybe he was squeezing at-bats. But it just goes to show sometimes you you take the shot with the talent, you hope they get an opportunity and thrive, and if they do, they might not come out of the lineup. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, I don't even know what to make of this situation. You know, we find out on Friday that he's being placed on the injured list, dealing with some elbow soreness, and you hold your breath and you know for the Mets, they're in trouble if they lose them. And for fantasy owners, obviously, it's a huge loss because you invested a first-round pick. You invested, you know, 38 to $42 in an auction. My immediate thought was obviously pessimism because it's the Mets and DeGrom just signed his contract. Then I said, wait, last year he had this same injury scare, and he turned out to be fine. Now, he was playing catch on Saturday and Sunday. Initially, they said he was going to go for an MRI today, and now they're saying he might not. I don't see what the harm is in just giving him the MRI. So it is possible that he could be back later in the week. Uh, Right now in my weekly leagues, he's not in there. Hopefully, we get some more news today. The Mets do play tonight at home against Philadelphia. So uh, the media should be meeting with the manager, and the team shortly. So we might actually get some news during this show. And if we do, I'll pass it along. But, I mean, I mean this could be anything right now with DeGrom. Who knows? I mean, it's a good sign he played catch. I know he had a sickness, and that threw him off his regular routine. But it's just another situation where we're not sure. And, you know, he wasn't good in his last two starts. And you wonder if that was a, a factor. So we're waiting to see on that. Uh, Austin Meadows got hurt over the weekend. I mean, this is just a, a brutal brutal timing for his injury because Austin Meadows has been one of the hottest hitters in baseball. He's been one of the best value picks so far, and he injured his thumb uh, sliding into third base. Now, they're saying they don't expect him to miss much time is what I just saw a little while ago, so that's good. It doesn't look like there's any ligament damage, but man, uh, this is a, a tough loss for his fantasy owners because he's been crushing it. He's been you know, someone that has really led teams uh, towards the top of the standings. Uh, so it's a right thumb sprain for him. You know, he's got the six homers, the three stolen bases. And, you know, I think it was Saturday when he got injured, I believe, because I saw the box score and I saw that he left early and, you know, I was didn't know what was going on. So I uh, was like, okay, maybe he just left the game or was a defensive replacement. I didn't know what was going on and then found that news yesterday in the morning and 
Obviously, that was brutal uh, to hear because Meadows has been really good. Anthony Rendon was hit in the elbow. Uh, he sat out yesterday. They're saying he's day-to-day, and we'll find out today if he's in the lineup. And it would be terrible timing because Rendon's in Coors Field to begin the week. And Rendon's been one of the best hitters so far, and we knew that he was going to be a good value. It's crazy. I don't even know if I have Rendon in any leagues. I probably have him in at least one, but he was definitely someone I liked a lot going into the year. But he finally got the recognition and respect this year, I think, at Fantasy Drafts, consistently going in the third round, obviously, in a contract year. He's batting 371 with six homers, 18 RBIs, and 21 runs. And you knew, uh, hitting third in the lineup, that he'd have to step up and be the guy to uh, take over the the run-producing role for the Nationals with Bryce Harper gone, and he has done that. Vicious collision over the weekend, Starling Marte and Eric Gonzalez, and Marte has an abdominal wall contusion. There's no timeline for his return, so that's what we heard today from the Pirates, so that's not great news there, and he was off to a slow start, but you knew, especially as it heats up and with the Pirates playing well, he was going to be someone you could count on from stolen bases, Mike Moustakis has a small fracture in his ring finger. Now, they're saying that they don't expect him to miss time. He won't need to be placed on the injured list. But still, you wonder, okay, that's that's good to know for now. And again, this can quickly change. You know, we hear this all the time. Uh, he was not in the lineup yesterday, but you wonder, will he be able to throw? Does it affect his power? You know, Moustakis was someone who just recently gained second base eligibility in a lot of leagues. So you could use him at the middle infield, second, third, corner. Nice flexibility in a power park, and I expected a big year from Moustakis, so we'll have to see what happens here. One of the biggest pickups, or was going to be over the weekend, was Scott Kingery. With Scott Kingery, I drafted him in the reserve round of a draft going into the year, saying, okay, let me see what happens here. Maybe someone gets hurt on Philadelphia. Maybe Kingery gets an opportunity and gets hot. Uh, we know there were some questions about Mikel Franco coming into the year. Obviously, he's been really good, and Kingery disappointed last year because – he signed that contract, and everyone got excited, and it wasn't a good year for him. Eight homers, 10 steals at 147 games, just a 226 average, a 267 OBP, and Kingery was off to a really good start, and Gene Segura was placed on the injured list with a hamstring injury. Well, Kingery also got hurt, so Kingery and Segura go on the injured list, both with hamstring injuries, and certainly you worry about that a little bit for a guy like Segura because you drafted him with the hopes of getting stolen bases from him. And now with a hamstring injury, how much does he run when he comes back? So the good thing is, obviously, you hope that he doesn't miss too much time and he's been hitting second in that lineup. So it's a really good spot for runs. It's a better park for him. He'll give you a little pop, but certainly terrible timing. Nate Eovaldi with loose bodies in his elbow. I guess no one's really surprised about that. You know, Eovaldi's just had uh, a lot of injuries in his career. Coming off a year where he was dominant, and Ivaldi, I got in one league. It was Tout Wars, and then after that, I kind of backed off a little bit. You know, I felt like there were other pitchers in that range that were good, and Ivaldi was off to a bad start. But you know, he was dominant last year, and he pitched 22 games, 21 starts, missed all of 2017, 124 and two thirds innings. So I think anyone who drafted him anyway was like, okay, we'll get 130, 140 out of him. Best case scenario, he's pitching for the Red Sox, a good team, even though they're not playing like it now. But I guess can't be too surprised with Ivaldi with his career. Aaron Sanchez, man, you talk about frustrating. I mean, this guy and his fingers and his fingernails, what the hell is going on with this guy? You know, he's pitching well yesterday, issued a couple walks, but he kept looking at his hand. 
left the game after four innings, and now he's got a cracked fingernail. They're saying that they hope that he can make his next start, which is scheduled for Friday, but I don't know how you can count on it at this point. And I do have him in a couple leagues, probably going to just keep him on the bench. The one thing with Sanchez, while the ERA has been good, the walks are still a problem for him. 14.6% walk rate, and it's leading to a 1.35 whip. So if this guy could just get his fingers in shape here, man, crack fingernails, blisters, it's an absolute joke. And his teammate, Matt Shoemaker, out for the season with a torn ACL. He was pitching well. Just tough to see. You could see how visibly upset he was. And it's a tough break because he was pitching very well. Lots more ahead when we continue. We'll continue to recap some of the big storylines from the weekend. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to madesailors.com. That's madesailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-
there was already two strikes and Legarrette struck out. But the x-rays were negative on Cano, but they did say that he was in a soft cast yesterday. So we should have the lineups coming out very soon. I know some of them have started to pop already. But uh, he's going to be a tough weekly call. But just wait. Again, the reporters will meet with the media and we'll get some more news hopefully on Cano. Lineup lock is not till 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. So that's the one good thing. I mean, I love day baseball, but on Mondays, I don't mind if there's no day baseball because we have to make lineup decisions. And uh, we we talked about this last week. Sometimes a lot of leagues have where the lineup locks for that individual player five minutes before their game time, which is how it should be done. But there are a couple leagues where it locks at first pitch of the week. And I know that's the case for the Scout 44s and 88s. It's also the case for Tout Wars for me, although I think they did make an adjustment where you can do the individual games now. So that did change this year. But there are still leagues out there that do that. So it is important on a Monday for me at least to not have the day baseball, even though it sucks. I like watching baseball in the day. But on Mondays, I think from a fantasy selfish perspective, it makes sense to do that. Uh, let's look at some of the highlights of the weekend. You know, everyone's talking about Christian Yelich right now, and rightfully so. He had two more home runs on Saturday. And he actually was robbed of a home run yesterday from Cody Bellinger, who probably would be the guy that everyone's talking about now. If you have him on your fantasy team, you know how well he is doing. And, you know, Sean Childs, who works at Scout Fantasy Sports, one of the top, top high-stakes players around. If you remember in the labor auction for NL, Sean went $36 on Bellinger. And I'm sure people thought he was nuts. I remember we had Lenny Melnick on from LennyMelnickFantasySports.com. And he really wanted Bellinger. And he was stunned that Childs just kept going up and up. And, you know, it comes to a certain point where you say, yeah, I just have to bow out. Well, uh, you could see so far Sean looking like he's really smart. And uh, I do like Bellinger, too. I have him in, I think, two or three leagues. Uh, look, Bellinger had a great rookie year. In 2017, when he had the 39 home runs. And as we often see, sometimes that second year, there's adjustment periods where a lot of pitchers have more video and scouting reports than you now. And sometimes it could lead to, okay, maybe that was the peak year. Or it could lead to, all right, now it's time for the hitter to make the adjustments. And, you know, Bellinger, as bad as it, it wasn't bad last year, it was expectations. You know, people took Bellinger round one, round two last year. Then you see the guy play 162 games, which you never see anymore. And the year before, he played 132. So he played 30 more games, and he saw his home runs drop by 14. He saw his RBIs drop by 21. And the average dropped seven points, and the OBP dropped. So it was a disappointment, but it was still a good skill set. I mean, he had 25 homers and 14 steals, about a 260. It's not, not a bad season. And you already saw him hit 39 home runs as a rookie. So... There were obviously were signs there that, okay, you know, he could be good. But, man, he is tearing it up right now. And if it wasn't for Christian Yelich, I think we'd be talking about Bellinger a lot more because he is just sizzling right now. And he had another big game yesterday. What's all the more impressive about yesterday is he homered with Josh Hader. And I know Hader gave up a, also a home run over the weekend to Enrique Hernandez. But Hader is one of the most dominant relievers. And this is lefty on lefty. And Bellinger took him over the wall in the top of the ninth to give the Dodgers a 6-5 win over the Brewers. Bellinger was 3-4 with a homer, three RBIs. And here's the other thing which makes him so valuable. 
He can also run. He already has four stolen bases on the season, and that's not a fluke. He had 14 last year. He had 10 in 2017. Now, he has been caught three times this year, which is kind of odd because he's been very efficient on the base pass in his career. Going into this season, he had 24 stolen bases, and he was only caught four times. But you know what? You like the fact that he's aggressive. And the key is, you know, hopefully he can find that efficiency again because if he keeps getting caught, they might say, you know what, we got a really good offense. Let's slow it down and give him the red light. You don't want to see that, obviously, as a fantasy owner, but it's been a, a great start for Bellinger. The guy's hitting 424, 500 OBP, and an 882 slugging percentage with 26 runs, 11 homers, 28 RBIs, and four steals. Just a tremendous start for Bellinger this season. Uh, clearly, you got to be very happy with him. And he generally went in the third round of most drafts. And maybe in auctions, he might have been a little bit higher because I think a lot of people had the perception that first base was pretty shallow. And it certainly seemed like that going into the season. There was like a drop-off. So uh, the Bellinger team's feeling really good right now. And I believe in the two – I think I have them in two leagues. It's, it's Sometimes you forget you, when you're like double-digit leagues. But I believe – I know I have him on at least two teams. Both those teams are in first place. And it's kind of hard not to be with what he is doing as long as you have not been uh, flooded with injuries. Uh, there was some bright news on the injury front over the weekend. Francisco Lindor did return. He was activated from the injured list on Saturday. He went one for five on Saturday, and then he homered yesterday. So good sign to get Lindor back. And there are probably people after he had that second injury with the ankle that, that got a nice value on him. Probably late second, early third round is where he wound up going. And you could understand some of the pessimism. It's difficult to go into a season with someone that already has an injury and he was dealing with the calf injury, although that didn't look too serious. You know, he was pushing to potentially be ready opening day. And then, of course, he had the ankle injury occur during his rehab. But to get him back, you know, April 20th, I think you got to be pretty satisfied with that and the key is is he going to run and how much is he going to run and because a lot of his value is tied to stolen bases especially now with so many guys hitting home runs and the balls appearing juiced yeah okay great and he's a shortstop hits 30 home runs but a lot of his value is tied to those 15 to 20 stolen bases so we'll see if he runs i only got lindor in one league and it was the tout wars draft and that was march 5th that draft and you know he fell to 29 and this is an on-base percentage league, and I was just stunned. Like, I had no designs of even thinking that he would be on the board. And there he was sitting there, and I said, I cannot pass him up. And obviously, it's taken a toll. My offense has really struggled in that league, but it's not only Lindor. It was Matt Olson, Daniel Murphy. Um, by the way, Daniel Murphy has started his rehab assignment. He went uh, one for five with a triple on Saturday. So Daniel Murphy potentially could return this week. Now, I am not putting him in my weekly lineups yet. I don't know how many rehab games he's going to play, but this is another situation, too, where we need to monitor and see if we get any further news on Murphy today. But he is getting close to a return, so that's some pleasant news. So we have been delivering a lot of bad news, but Lindor's back, and we could get Murphy back. And also, uh, Matt Olson uh, also is looking like he's going to be a couple weeks away. So uh, the thing with that is, obviously, it's a hammy bone, and the power sometimes could take a while to come back, but certainly looks like Matt Olsen is close to a return as well. So 
certainly a few positive things there on the injury front. James Paxton had a great start yesterday against the Royals, uh, but the bullpen blew it for him. Uh, he was dominant. Six scoreless innings, three hits, well walked, 12 strikeouts. He now has a 3-1-0 ERA, a 1.14 whip, and 43 strikeouts, eight walks, and 29 innings. And, you know, Paxton was someone I didn't love going into the year. And it's not because of the skill set. I love the skill set. This guy can pitch. My biggest concern was injuries and also the change in parks uh, because we did see him get pr- hit pretty hard last year. We saw more fly balls as well. But there's no doubting what he can do uh, if he can stay healthy. But it's difficult for me to to bank on a pitcher who just has never pitched more than 116 to third innings. People would take him in the third, fourth round. And look, it might it might work out by the end of the year, but it was an investment I didn't want to make because of uh, the history of the injuries. But there's no questioning uh, his arm. I've always liked Paxton. I've always had him on teams. It's just that this year the price was just insane. Now, uh, look, even if he only gives you 150 innings, and we have to change our thinking. I don't want to do that in the third, fourth round. That's the problem. But we, we might be headed at that point where, hey, if you give us 150 innings of dominant performance, we'll take it and we'll finish. We'll figure out the rest. I mean, his strikeout rate is up from last year, over 4% right now. Walk rate's similar. And the one thing, too, is even if he doesn't give you that full innings, I mean, look at his whip the last couple of years, 1.10, 1.10. So... Uh, that's a category that, again, that gets often ignored. Uh, and Paxton is continuing to give up a lot of fly balls, 43.1%. But, you know, especially at Yankee Stadium, if it's not a lot of lefties, uh, it should be fine. So, you know, Paxton might wind up making me look bad. I wouldn't be surprised because, uh, again, he has a dynamic arm. My biggest concern with him was how many innings he's going to pitch. Same thing with Steven Strasburg, who also had a great performance yesterday. It was against the Marlins, but eight scoreless innings, two hits, two walks, and he struck out 11. He came into this game with a 5.56 ERA. It lowered it to 4.11. And, uh, again, a guy going in a similar range of packs than that that I avoided because he's someone that I've had every single year, and it's just constant frustration with him because it feels like he's always dealing with some type of nagging injury. He always spends time on the injury list. He doesn't like to pitch in the hot weather. I mean, just look at the innings pitched over the last four years. He's topped 151 time. It was 2017 where he had his best year of 175 and a third innings with a 2.52 ERA. So I said, okay, that's why I drafted him last year. And, of course, he disappointed. Only 130 innings with a 3.74 ERA. So he's been giving up a lot of home runs so far. And I think that's something we're seeing from a lot of pitchers. He's allowed five homers and 30 and two-thirds innings. But you got to think at some point that Strasburg is going to get hurt. Uh, but he's not allowing a lot of hard contact. He's getting a lot more ground balls. So it's simple with Strasburg. It's all about health. But at the same time, I just think he's never going to live up to the expectations we have for him. And that doesn't mean he can't be a good pitcher. Like right now, if he finishes the year with a 3-5 ERA in today's environment, we'll take it. I think the average ERA right now in baseball is about 4.31, somewhere in that range when I checked a day or two ago. So that's how bad it has gotten uh, because a lot of people believe the ball is juiced, and we haven't even hit the hot weather yet. So a a 3.5 ERA nowadays for your pitcher, you'll sign up for that. Go look at your ERAs and whips in your league right now. If you haven't checked the standings and gone through it, you'll be surprised. There are just some brutal numbers in there. So we do kind of have to change our expectations 
but we didn't know this going into the year. We weren't. We didn't know that the home run production, the pitching was going to be that poor. I mean, think about it. Almost every pitcher this year has sucked, has had one terrible outing. I mean, look at Colin McHugh yesterday. Colin McHugh was rolling, pitching very well. He has one bad outing, and all of a sudden, his numbers look terrible. He came into yesterday's game with a 1.96 ERA. He allowed 10 runs, 9 earned, 8 hits, 1 walk, and 3 and a third innings. And his ERA all the way up to 4.78. Steven Matz. Matz's first three starts were really good on the, uh, for the year. What happened? He gets bombed in Philadelphia. He doesn't even get an out and allowed eight runs, six of a earned. Although the defense didn't help him. There were a couple errors. There was a ball in center field that I thought should have been caught that dropped in. Now, he did allow a couple home runs, but just like that. And Matz is not an ace. I'm not saying that, but we've seen DeGrom have two bad starts. How about Garrett Cole? Gary Cole got smashed yesterday. Of all the pitchers, did we expect Garrett Cole to get hammered? And supposedly, I think I saw something that he was tipping pitches, but whatever it is, I mean, we're just seeing his ERA is now 5.22. Now, again, it was from one real bad outing. Everything else looks good. Uh, he, the strikeouts, lost. I mean, no one's selling Garrett Cole. If you can get some sucker to sell you Garrett Cole off for yesterday, you do it. He'll be fine. He's still one of the top pitchers. But we're basically seeing every top starter get hammered. Carlos Carrasco has had two awful starts this year. I know he's bounced back with some good performances. Uh, but Cole yesterday, eight earned runs. Uh, was on, it was on Saturday. Eight earned runs, nine runs, and four and a third. So there's a bad start for him. Even Max Scherzer against the Marlins, no less. And to sum it up, Scherzer injured his intercostal muscle dodging a foul ball in the dugout. Now, it doesn't look like he's going to miss his start, but I would be crossing my fingers if I was a Scherzer owner right now. But Max Scherzer has a 4.45 ERA. Now, again, all the underlying numbers are great here. In fact, he's a 395 batting average balls in play. We know that's very unlucky. A 63.5% strand rate. Very unlucky, but a 32.6% strikeout, 3.7% walk, walk rate. So nothing to worry about here. Now, he has given up a lot of hard contact, uh, more than usual, but not a big deal. And he's throwing 94-95, so there's no need to worry there. But that's the way the year has gone so far. It's pretty much almost every ace near the top that you've taken has had at least one outing where they've gotten shelled. I mean, Chris Hill, it's been several. And we'll see how he fares today if the weather allows that game to get in. But Max Scherzer going against Miami. I'm sure a lot of people used him in DFS. Said, yeah, okay, this is great. I'll pay up for him. And he had his worst start of the year. He allowed 11 hits, 7 runs, 6 earned. Now, he did have no walks, 9 strikeouts. But that's just the way it's been this year. And this guy's not an ace. But, man, Noah Syndergaard, he, he's just frustrating to watch right now. Because you look at his stuff. And you wonder, how is this guy not better? And he had another performance yesterday where he got hit around by the Cardinals. There's just too many times he just can't finish off at-bats. And another pitcher where the underlying numbers look really good. You expect him to be better. But just watching him, he should be more dominant than he is. You know, his ERA is sitting at 5.90 right now. Uh, but the FIP is 2.92. His strand rate is 50.3%. I mean, that is Absolutely unlucky. A 346 Babbitt. 
but you expect more out of him. And strikeout percentage, 27.6%. Walk rate, 5.7%. But it's got to be better for Syndergaard. Uh, so I do expect him to turn around, but it's just frustrating watching him because you feel like this could be a more dominant pitcher, and it's just not happening for him right now. You know, everything looks pretty good with the numbers, and we are still dealing with only five games here. And you know that's the other thing, too, is you got to look at the schedule. The Mets have a, a tough schedule outside of the Marlins for three games. I mean, they're playing the Phillies again this week. They got Milwaukee coming up. They played St. Louis, Philadelphia, Minnesota, the Nationals. They've played a tough schedule, but it's no excuses because you're in a tough division outside of the Marlins, and you have to produce. So Syndergaard's allowed at least four runs in four of his five starts. It's not what you paid for. So the underlying numbers show it should get better, and you got to be patient with him. But you wonder if Syndergaard's ever going to be dominant. When we return, I'll be joined by Mike Florio Fantrax. We'll talk more baseball with him when Scout Fantasy Sports continues here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies, to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally... I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Fantasy. Stan, he's not going back all that soon. Like, that's the issue. Like, he's not feeling 100% yet. Stanton? Yeah. Well, they're saying throughout this road trip, he should be back. But here's the thing. Like, he's not swinging or he hasn't hit live pitching yet. He hasn't thrown from the outfield yet. He hasn't done anything yet. He's hitting the ball off a tee, Frank. Yeah, I mean, whatever. He, I mean, he could be a DH and kind of slowly. He's not hitting off. live pitching yet. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Back here it is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here solo today, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. It's here for fantasy football players and NFL bettors. The season starts now. The first round of the 2019 NFL Draft is this Thursday, April 25th. And for serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. 
Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Joining me now to talk some baseball, it is Mike Florio, Fantrax.com. Mike, what's up? Not much, Ronis. I'm going to guess, though, that this is a first for you. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had a guest calling you from the Hollywood sign. Uh, probably I have. And <laughs> you just want to make yourself feel better. But if it makes you feel better, yeah, sure, you're the first one. Um, I mean, I thought it was kind of cool. Like, I'm out right now. Uh, my sister's in town, so I took her to see the Hollywood sign. And that's where I'm calling you from. Nice, man. And we'll, uh, we'll make sure to not keep you too long so you can get back to doing your tour. But uh, how, is it living? <laughs> how is it living out there, man? Are you enjoying the uh, L.A. lifestyle? I am enjoying it. I do miss a lot about New York. Like, I miss, you know, all of you guys. I miss my friends. I, I miss food, like Chinese food, pizza. Uh, but you can't beat the weather out here. The Mexican food out here is great. The beaches. So I'm, I'm really enjoying it out here. There's no good pizza out there, right? Not like New York pizza. Like, I found a make-your-own where I like it, but it's really the opposite of what New York pizza is like. It's, it, I like it because cool toppings and stuff, but no, not nothing like New York. So how have your teams been? Obviously, there's been a lot of injuries. Do you have a team with, like, eight guys hurt or anything like that? I'm sure there are people that are really hurting right now because it's been brutal, especially over this weekend. I have injured players, but I do consider myself fortunate where I don't have a team that's been completely derailed by injuries. If you look at, like, my GST team that I share with Frank and Greg from the BFF, like, our bench is Giancarlo Stanton, Starling Marte. Um, we have two other players who are hurt, and Jesus Aguilar, who's really struggling. Like, I look at our bench and I get sad, but that's the only league I have like that. Yeah, I, I think everyone has been hit hard by injuries. And if you have it, you have to be real fortunate because they're just coming left and right at this point. And uh, today, also, the uh, Orioles, this just happened, sent down Cedric Mullins to the minor leagues. I don't understand what they're doing with Mullins. Like, this is a rebuilding team. And, you know, I, I have him. I don't think I have him in any redraft leagues. I think I took him in maybe a scout 44. So I really don't care. It's not like I need him, but... I'm just not sure what the Orioles' plan was with Cedric Mullins here. This is a rebuilding team. Why don't you just let this guy play every day? I never understand that with teams who aren't competing. Like, you should be using this valuable time to season your youngsters and see what you have in them. So whenever they opt to play a veteran or send a youngster down, I don't get it because the results really don't matter. You want to see what you have. You're not going to compete this year. Why not let the young kid go out and get as much experience as possible? Uh, it was a rough weekend. It's been a rough start for Jose LeClerc. He allowed two earned runs, a hit, four walks in two-thirds of inning, and got pulled in a save situation. He did get the hold, though, which is another debate. Like, a lot of people talk about using holds instead of saves or combining them. How can we do that when LeClerc got a hold yesterday? I, I think it's a dumb stat. I don't think we should just make it saves plus hold. Like, in one of my points leagues, uh, a save is five, and we made a hold, I think, worth two. I'm okay with hold being a portion of what a save is worth, but it's just not nearly as valuable. So I know I'm in the minority with this, but I don't love saves plus hold as a category because why then even need to follow a bullpen? 
just add a you know an elite eighth inning pitcher, and you're going to get the same as if you were streaming closers all year. Like to me, there is value in those who follow the bullpens closely, and you know get are end up getting some cheap saves off the waiver wire. Like to me, that's a skill, and it, you should be rewarded for those who pay attention and monitor those situations closely. How worried should Leclerc owners be right now? I'm worried. I have him in Cout Wars, and unfortunately, I have him. I had Kelvin Herrera, who didn't get the job, and I have Brandon Morrow, who I knew was going to start the year hurt, but suffering a setback, it's really set me, you know, set my team back. So Leclerc is my only real closer right now. And I started Sean Kelly as well this week. I'm in the tout draft and hold, so I can't, you know, try and stream any of these guys or pick any of these guys up off a of waiver wire who are now getting saves that we didn't expect heading into the year. So I'm starting with Clerk and Kelly and just hoping to get, you know, this, the Rangers saves this week because I would not be surprised if we see them use Kelly a bit to give Leclerc, you know, a mental break or, or something along those lines. Yeah, I wish they gave me a mental break every once in a while. <laughs> you need one? Uh, maybe. I think everyone needs one, right? Once in a while? <laughs> I think so. Like once a month, everyone should just get a day where they get to just do whatever they want. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. Talking to Mike Florio, Fantrax.com. Uh, do you know who leads the majors in the area right now for among qualified starters? Uh, I would guess Jordan Lyles. Uh, you would be incorrect, but you are on the right team. Just wrong pitcher. Is it Joe Musgrove? It is Joe Joe Musgrove, and uh, he was someone who I was very high on going into the year, and I somehow don't have him in enough leagues. I love when that works out because, like, we do pre- <laughs> we do preseason pro picks at scoutfantasysports.com, and we do, like, a sleeper pitcher for each league. So for the NL, my guy was Musgrove, and I only have him in, like, I think two or three leagues. I made sure to get him in my home league because it was one of the last auctions I had that I might have overpaid a little bit. But with Keeper League, you know, there was inflation, so I was able to do it. But uh, is what Musgrove doing so far, is it sustainable? Is this a guy that, you know, can finish as a potential top 30 pitcher this year? Heading into the year, I would have said, I, I would, I thought, yes, he has that upside. I still do think he has that upside. I will say I don't think what he's doing now is sustainable. Like, he's not going to lead all qualified pitchers in ERA. My thing with Joe Musgrove, though, is his velocity is down. Like, he's sitting 90-91 and maxing out at 93, whereas last year he was sitting at 93 and maxing out 95-96. So I know he's getting these good results so far, but I do have some concerns with the velocity being down. Although, with that being said, I have Musgrove in a few leagues. Like, I kept him in my home league as a 12th-round pick. I drafted him in a couple others. I've been starting him. He's on a two-star week. I'm starting him. I'm not too worried, but I do expect some regression to hit at some point. You're the bearer of bad news. I think he. I think, <laughs> I think he's going to have an ERA below one for the season. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, and so is Jordan Miles, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the Pirates are winning the World Series <laughs> with Chris Archer as their SP five. Yes, uh, they're in first place now, and I don't think they're going to let it go. Uh, just kidding. There might be some people like, oh, I believe him. Let me put some money on the Pirates. No, I wouldn't do that. Uh, this guy frustrates the hell out of me because I had him on many teams last year, and this this year I don't have him. And I know it's only it's only a few games, but John Gray, very good performance in Corpus Field yesterday. Uh, six innings, one hit. He's got a two seven eight ERA right now, a whip of 1.08. Is this the year that he finally puts it together, or... St- 
is this just a hot stretch and we still have to worry about him being consistent throughout the course of a season? Yeah, I, John Gray is one of these pitchers that I love his talent, and I think if he ever puts it all together, he could be a you know a top 35 pitcher, something like that. But I'm not sold yet. I, I actually just wrote on my Patreon page today, he's in the bottom 10 for ERA minus 5. The biggest difference is where, meaning that the ERA is – significantly higher, uh, significantly lower than the fifth. So that just tells me that there's going to be some natural regression that sinks in with him. And I believe his fifth is over four right now. So while he has been pitching well, I might try and sell high right now. I think a lot of people, and I'm starting to get the questions about Jesus Aguiar. He is obviously off to a really rough start. And we know there's a lot of players in baseball who are struggling right now. And a lot of the underlying numbers look okay for him. But I think the biggest problem you have to worry about in any player that struggles is can they lose playing time? And I think with Aguiar, the possibility is there. What do you tell people who are asking you what to do with Aguiar right now? Yeah, see, this is one of the hard questions for me as well because I own him in a couple of leagues. And in GFC, where I, I share with Frank and Greg, we're benching him for, I believe, for Eric Thames this week, whereas in my home league, I have him as my first baseman. I'm still leaving him there. That's a points week, so it's a little bit different. But the walk rate is up from last year. The strikeouts are down. The hard hit rate and fly ball rate are – they're not what they were last year, but they're not far off. Plus, he it is in the top ten in difference between expecting batting and slugging and what his currently batting average and slugging percent is. So that tells me that there's going to be positive regression. But I do think if you have the option – I think you could bench him. I think, though, in deeper leagues, you've got to ride out with him. I'm not considering dropping yet, but I will say I, I, mean, this is, I think the ugliest start of any you know, top seven-round player in baseball right now. Yeah, it's been pretty bad, and I think a lot of people are going to say, oh, last year was a fluke, but he always crushed in the minors, so uh, I think there could be some I, rebound potential. I don't think last year was a fluke at all. There was a lot of signs that showed us that, he was a breakout candidate leading into last year, and he's still hitting the ball hard. I just think it's been, one, he's been unlucky, and two, I think now they're like, he's either pressing or something is going on where he's not right. Maybe we see a phantom DL stint or, you know, they shut him down, give him like three days of rest for, you know, like a mental health break. But I think we're going to see something along those lines. But I think at the end of the year, Aguilar is still going to be a player that if he dropped, he would regret dropping. Talking to Mike Florio from Fantrax.com, who currently thinks he's the man right now because he's talking in front of a Hollywood <laughs> sign out in L.A. Uh, but let's see how much of a man you are. What is Joey Gallo's batting average right now? Joey Gallo's batting average right now is... Don't look it up. 208. I'm not... I don't own Gallo anywhere either, so... It's not 208. Wow. He is hitting 281. See, I didn't. Yeah, I don't own Gallo anyway. He strikes out too much for my liking. But if he, I mean, I don't expect him to hit 281. But that that average game is really the last thing that if he was to do that, he'd be a superstar player. So I don't expect it to continue because the high strikeout rate. But if he can improve on even the strikeout rate a bit and hit like 240, he's going to be a really good value this year. Look at these numbers. I didn't. I just. I'm looking at this now. His home run to fly ball percentage is 53.3%. His hard hit rate is 70%. <laughs> He's a killer of baseball. Yeah, I actually, I think I only have Gallo in one or two leagues. I always said before the season what I'd like to do was 
look at the teams that drafted Gallo and see if they constructed their team correctly. Because if you drafted Gallo, I think you needed to bake in a lot of batting average early. So in the leagues where I thought I had enough batting average, I took him. Uh, but man, if Gallo hits 250, he's going to wind up being a steal because I think you can bank in pretty much if he stays healthy, 40 homers, 90 RBIs. Yeah, that's why I said like if, if I don't expect him to hit 280, but even if he could keep these games and hit 240, like we were drafting him, expecting him to hit around 200. So that's going to be a huge value, especially in today's game where league average is always about 250. Uh, Zach Greinke's been very up and down this year. Where do you think he finishes the year? Is he someone that you want in your fantasy team, or you're worried that you know this could be a year that he falls apart a little bit? I think Greinke still finishes it as an SP2, but I think it's kind of in typical Greinke fashion where it's a lot of up and down starts. He's a pitcher, I can tell you, I have on zero fantasy teams. The strikeout rate was just too low for my liking. I was targeting, especially early on where Greinke was going, I like to target the pitchers who – have elite strikeouts, and that is not Zach Greinke. So I don't own him anywhere. I think he will be frustrating at times and, and look great at others because that's just what Greinke is at this point in his career. But I think he still can finish as a top 30 starting pitcher this year. What is wrong with Noah Syndergaard? Why can't this guy be dominant? <sighs> it, it, I don't think there's a more frustrating a pitcher I get more frustrated watching than Noah Syndergaard. And it's not because I'm a Met fan. It's more so because of how heavily invested in fantasy I was. I kept thinking that if he stayed healthy, and I know it was the finger in the lat, so I didn't really consider him injury-prone. I kept thinking if he stayed healthy, win 180, 200 innings, he'd be a top-five pitcher or even the number one overall pitcher. The stuff is that good. But the velo has been down on the slider. Uh, he has been very unlucky. I think he's one of the most unlucky pitchers in baseball. But I did, I did change the way I thought about it. I wrote about this on Fantrack last week. I still think he finishes as an SP1, but I no longer think he has the upside to be the SP1. It's just, you know, how many years of him not living up to expectations are we going to continue to give this guy the benefit of the doubt and say, well, his upside is sky high. Like, at some point in time, he needs to learn how to pitch and not just be a thrower and, and hold runners on, which he has issues with. So I've lowered his ceiling, but I still think he's going to finish as an SP1. But if you look at his numbers right now, he's one of the unluckiest pitchers in baseball. Uh, yes, I mentioned some of those underlying stats before. Gio Gonzalez, by the way, was released from his minor league contract, so he is a free agent. I have to think several teams are after him. And Jacob DeGrom is playing catch once again. He's uh, long tossing on the outfield grass at City Field right now. No official word yet following his doctor's appointment this morning. So, dude, I don't know. I tweeted out what had happened. I was so pissed off. I was like, the worst birthday news I could get on Friday. Then... I said, well, remember last year he had this injury scare. We all thought it was over, and he finished the year and won the Cy Young. I have no idea what the Mets are doing right now with Jacob DeGrom. He could have his elbow removed thing, next week. I don't know. Yeah, like my thing is I'm very happy that he's throwing. I'm very happy that they're saying it's not serious and that he could be back as soon as potentially this Friday. But how much does an MRI cost? You know, like why not just have him get the MRI today? It doesn't make sense to me. Like they were saying he potentially might not. Like just take – all the safe precautions with this guy. If he needs a little bit of extra rest, give him as much time as he needs. Your organization really is reliant on that right elbow of his. Why mess with it? I, I didn't understand it at all. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Because obviously if he goes down, this team's in big trouble, man. They don't have pitching depth. I mean, it's bad enough that we have to live with Jason Vargas in this rotation. And it, and it could cost them a playoff spot. You can't mess around in this division. 
this is my why I get so frustrated because I think we'll every baseball fan in the world will admit that Nick Pavetta is a better pitcher than Jason Vargas. Yet he had three or four bad outings, and Philly was like, listen, this division is too close. We think you're going to be great, but we can't afford to have you figure it out at the major league level. We're going to send you down for a bit and figure it out. And yet the Mets are cool with throwing Jason Vargas out every fifth day. They're cool with, like, you know, potentially risking DeGrom's elbow. Like, no, like, every game matters right now. Go out and sign Dallas Keuchel, which they're not going to do. I think they're going to end up signing Gio Gonzalez. But still, like, take the necessary moves to win this division. It's frustrating as a Mets fan. And Jacob DeGrom is throwing a bullpen session, so that's what he's doing today. Mike, thanks a lot. Go admire the Hollywood sign. Take some pictures so we know that it's real. Thank you. I'll post one on Twitter for you. Thanks a lot. That's Michael Florio. Find him, Fantrax.com. Lots more ahead in the next hour. We'll take a look at some fab results. And Frank Stanfield from FNTSY, he joins me at 3.20 p.m. Talk Baseball and NBA. This is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.